Welcome to Trauma and Finances. I'm your host, Everyday Empath, and this is where we hope to turn survivors into financial thrivers. Today is a very special episode in that it's dedicated to how I wrote a book, um, the reasons I wrote it, as well as the financial advantages that it has afforded me since then. Um, a lot of people talk about having multiple revenue streams and having passive income. This is one way of doing it. So writing a book and throwing it on Amazon um, <clears throat> Author Central or um, having a click per cost sort of thing. Um, there are lots of ways of making money off of your book and cross-promoting and those kinds of things. I am going to take my time, this episode might be a little longer in others, in that I'm going to talk about what gave inspiration to the book, how I decided to write one, who the book is for, what my audience is, um, and then how I went about publishing it, and then what I've done with it since. Um, and why I think it's an important process for any survivor to do. Um, the creative process is a sacred one, uh, one that has the potential to do a lot of healing for those that have um, endured a certain amount of trauma in their lives. Um, as you know, it can affect us in many ways and, and be a burden that we carry throughout life. And so this is a way um, that I chose to recognize it, not only in myself, but in others, um, more specifically children and young adults. Um, okay, so Sam's Theory is a young adult novel um, written with teenagers in mind. Uh, teenagers that were survivors of abuse or that are survivors of abuse. Um, and it has built-in coping tools and sort of therapeutic, loose th therapeutic advice in it. Um, so it's, it's passive, it's not direct. Um, so it is a fantasy novel in that it's about a teenager who runs away from an abusive situation into the mountains of Washington State. Um, the Olympic Mountains more specifically, so a shout out to the Olympics, which is a gorgeous place of healing uh, for any Twilight fans. Forks is also over there. Um, but anyway, this teenager runs into the woods and happens upon a house. Um, and inside that house is Theory, who is a magnificent and mysterious healer. Um, and Sam, the teenager that ran away, and Theory go on this healing journey together, where Sam faces her demons, um, and comes out of that a stronger, more capable person, and then in turn, in the second half of the book, um, uses those healing abilities to spread it amongst her peers um, and empower other children, and then it's this ripple effect. Um, where did this idea come from? So like I mentioned in another episode, um, quickly, I worked um, on an inpatient psychiatry unit with all ages of children between 3 and 18. Um, my all-time favorite group to work with were teenagers um, doing group sessions. So working through rough experiences with one another, um, encouraging them to speak, um, giving feedback, and just um, and really coming to recognition and healing together in their journeys. In their journeys, uh, one thing that I recognize in my work with those teenagers um, was that. Therapy is hard to come by. Um, not only finding the right therapist can be tricky, but also um, having access to that. So a lot of these kids were lower income or they lived in cities that were saturated, you know, the resources were saturated and they couldn't access them as freely. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a resource 
that these kids can very easily access and get help from that. So what I want to highlight about that is when you're creating a business or a side hustle or a book or whatever it is, if you, if you want to create something that's going to generate revenue, that's going to be unique to you and interesting, you have to think of a problem, right? So start there. So don't, so don't think of the business or the business model or funding or any of those other details. Just think about what problem exists in the world that I would like to solve or help solve. And in this instance, it was getting mental health support to youth that needed it um, all, all across the world in a way that is digestible and fun and non-threatening. And that is why I chose to do a young adult novel for them. Now, this whole process took me a little over a year and a half. And it's a combination of my work with those youth as a dedication to them but also um, autobiograph autobiographical in the way that it shares my own story of healing uh, and trauma. And I, in my late 20s, came across this incredible woman that I, um, I, I attribute all of my healing and success to, um, this psychologist. Um, and I see my life in two parts before this doctor and after, um, and she was just amazing. But part of this book is um, my work with her and how I came to the recognition recognition of my true self through that work. Anyway, um, this book in total took a little over a year and a half to write. Now I wrote it loosely. I was, you know, sort of writing out outlines, um, writing paragraphs and ideas here and there, just sort of starting anywhere. Um, it doesn't have to be a set thing. You don't have to write the book perfectly the first time, right? I know for those that are struggling with anxiety or motivation or whatever it is, just start writing and see what comes out um, is my tip to you. It does, you know, you save the perfection and the polishing for the very end. Let an editor look at it. So I started loosely writing it um, when I lived in a different state and then I moved to a new state and had this job that was super toxic. I just really didn't, I didn't love it. I went from my all time favorite job in my entire life working with these youth to uh, a very toxic environment in a different state, a brand new job. Um, and I just realized, you know, academia wasn't for me pretty much. Like I, I had to stay in the clinical world. Um, and so what I did was I saved enough money to not work for about two and a half months. So almost three months. So I saved enough money um, and I really shaved down my lifestyle. So I'm pretty low maintenance as is, but just basics, food. I wasn't driving a lot of places. Um, I was renting a room. I didn't even have an apartment. Renting a room, just like the, however I could minimize my finances at that time I was doing it. So I could just become a full-time writer for a couple of months. And I figured I'm gonna finish this book and then publish it. And if it, if it hits and it's a success, that's fantastic. If not, then I'm going to start working again. And I am a workhorse. I need to be working all of the time and doing multiple things. And so I had fully intended on going back to work. That's just how I'm built. That's who I am. Um, as far as, as far as fire goes, the R in, in fire, the retirement piece, I don't know if I'll ever do that. Um, it's just not my style. I like to be busy, but anyway, the financial freedom and independence though, um, that is what we're looking at. So anyway, I took a couple of months off. I was able to financially support myself. 
Um, and I just wrote, I went to the library every day. I went to coffee shops. I went to wherever was inspirational, even sat in nature and hand wrote some things and then translated onto the laptop. Um, you know, going to the library is free. Going to a coffee shop, sometimes you could just get a drip coffee with nothing special in it for, you know, less than a buck and a half, you know, and that's sort of your rent for sitting in that space for eight to 10 hours, you know, and no one bothers you. So there are different ways, cheap ways of being in a creative space that's going to nurture that creativity um, and not spending a ton of money, you know, not, not having a $10 latte while you're doing it. Again, money management, right? So anyway, I finished the book. I got an editor. I found one on Craigslist, um, but you can find one. I mean, there are professional services all over the place, but I also had saved for that. And I had started babysitting on the side because again, I've worked with kids my entire career. I will always work with kids. Oh, you know, until I'm I'm crispy and in my old age and way past retirement, I'm going to work with kids my whole life. That's just where my passion's at. Um, because of that, we'll do another episode. But because of that, and I know that that's my purpose. Um, it, I, there's not a lot of ways to make a ton of money in that field, right? Um, unless you are going to be some huge PhD that's like publishing research and writing books and doing all these things. But there there are ways of doing it in in moderation, right? But anyway. So this is what I was doing is babysitting on the side, again, getting in my kid time, but also making cash um, to support editing costs, which were about $600. Um, and she spent a few weeks on it. So there are, so there's a, um, a line editor that that's looking at the classic like grammar and punctuation and all those things. And then there is a story editor, which is looking at the flow of the book um, and you know are all the characters fitting are they doing things at the appropriate times etc so I did both of those things and then I published it through Amazon Author Central which was super easy it was free to do which is exciting um, I used Adobe Suite to create my pages um, but you can use Word Editor you can use the tools that you find on Author Central it's free to set up an account um, so you do all of that and then you publish and then um, it's a it's a print on demand system meaning they don't print the books unless somebody orders one online so they go on Amazon they order your book say they order three copies of your book they will print those three copies and mail them out then you will get a percentage of whatever price you have set it at because you can set it at the price I think it's up to almost $18 um, mine's around 12 or 14 depending on you know whatever sales going on the nice thing about that is you can also create a Kindle edition um, and make it free for people, join like a Kindle group, run free promotions or days where people download it without any cost, that kind of thing. So there are lots of different options within that. Um, the nice thing about that is once it's set up and uploaded, it's there forever. And so that's the passive income that you start getting is you link up your bank account, you have to figure file a, a W-9 or whatever for taxes, right? So if you make a certain amount, you're going to have to start paying taxes on that. But the cool thing is, is that you can also have a tax write-off. So for instance, you know, you're getting all those $1.50 coffees at the end of the, at the end of the year, you know, you've spent whatever, $300 on coffee. Well, part of, you know, the parking fees and everything to sit down and write the book, that was all tax deductible, at least for me in the state that I lived in. Um, because, and the editing, the editor fees and that kind of thing, right? So, um, get a tax person that can be creative because when you have your own business, that's when the greatest tax advantages come out. So not only did that help my 
tax return, but it also helped the income that I had made that year because, you know, I only took two and a half months off and then I went back to work and it helped the tax return. It made it bigger from my job as well. So overall a win-win. Um, and I got to have a, a launch party and, and do the works. Um, but you know, that, that afforded me a lot of opportunities. Um, things that are important to me. So I really enjoy public speaking. I enjoy meeting with people. I'm a bit of an extrovert. Um, I like traveling. I like going to conferences, you know, and learning. Um, I'm a lifelong student. And so this book allowed me to go to different college campuses and speak, um, go to, I went to domestic violence shelters and I spoke with kids and I started making worksheets to go along with the book and talk with them. Um, many residential centers across the United States found out about the book um, and, you know, came to me about a discount bulk purchase price. And so a lot of teenagers that were in the residential homes um, in their respective states got access to the book, um, you know, and got to work on it with their therapist or whatever. There was, it was used in a multitude of ways. Um, just random people came across the book and were excited about it, you know, so not, not only was I seeing financial um, gain to this endeavor, but I was also feeling purpose and meaning in it. I was feeling really elevated, you know, it, it was, it was sort of, it was a very profound experience. It, it wasn't just about money, you know, it, it meant something. And I think part of what this life is, is building a legacy, no matter how big or small. Um, and did it make the New York Times bestseller list? No. Did I have fantasies that it would be turned into a movie and win an Oscar? Absolutely. Did I already have a soundtrack planned out and a date for the red carpet? Yes, absolutely. Right? Like I had all those things. And I think, I think daydreaming and fantasizing about those things is an important part of this process. You have to do it. You have to have an imagination. You have to allow yourself to have this world that only you can access, that exists to you, that you can live in and gain energy and happiness from, right? And so, yes, I had all of those dreams. Of course I did. Um, some were, you know, just to, just to keep me going and motivated. And others I thought, you know, might really happen. And then I will say, so the book did well in that it got to the kids that needed it, that really needed it. Um, but it did not do well in the sense that, you know, did I have it professionally published? No. Um, did I submit it to publishers? You know, I, I it takes a lot of research to find out who is publishing young adult novels and then what genre of it and then specifically you know what um, trend society is wanting to read through right um, what are the hot topics nowadays right is it race equality is it gender equality is it trauma and mental health it, you know there there is this pulse that um, society is always going through and you kind of have to hit the wave just in time to kind of write it in. Right. Um, and so I published this in January of 2018 and that was sort of the tail end of the me too movement. And so this interesting thing happened that was unattended in which, you know, a lot of female survivors were reading this book and, um, the female lead, um, is, is a teen girl. And a lot of people were finding excitement in that, right. And relating 
to it in in that lens of the world. So again, you know, but again, publishers weren't quite ready for it. I, you know, am I detailing abuse super specifically in the book? Absolutely not. Um, the book is not to sensationalize abuse or what it is or what it looks like or what I went through specifically. The point of it is healing, like acknowledging that the abuse happened, but focusing on the healing pieces and how healing occurs. And it looks different for everybody, but just opening a conversation, getting rid, rid of the stigma that, you know, survivors are less than, you know, or not capable of things because we absolutely are. And, and validating that these things that have happened to us are not made up, you know, abuse did happen loss did happen a disruption in trust and relationships and reliability did happen um, and those are things that we can heal from and come out of but it's going to take more than just us doing it you know why because it took more than just us to be traumatized to begin with and so you're going to need somebody else to pull you out of it whether it's a therapist a mentor or teachers etc you know sam's theory explores all of that because it it wasn't just the psychologist that helped me through it, it, you know, I remember specific teachers in sixth and seventh grade that, that saw me better than other people did, or they saw me in a different way. They, they recognized my intelligence where everybody else had told me that I wouldn't graduate high school. You know, it's, we don't need those negative voices in our ears all the time. And so to put it in a way that you can control and that that you can put your voice into right because that's all anybody ever wants is to be heard and to be seen and to be acknowledged as as a living person that has experienced this life because man it, it is not easy especially for survivors there's nothing easy about it you know not only was it hard growing up but it's hard adulting and dealing with all those after effects and so you know i commend you uh, making it this far and so you don't have to write a hit novel, just accept where it's at and do it for yourself. But also realize that, you know, there might be other people that are interested in whatever you want to write about. So put it out there. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect. There are people that have, you know, 30 to 100 books on Amazon Author Central and that are making just hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on this. Um, and that's what they do for their income. And that's fantastic. Um, and I think, you know, I definitely want to keep writing <clears throat> and I'm currently working on a graphic novel right now for kids. Um, but you know, it takes a lot of work. I think if you're going to really put your heart and soul in it, it could take a while. Um, but if it's something that you're just really good at, like I'm, I'm great at writing, I can punch out these ideas really fast, then go for it. That's a wonderful way of doing it. I think writing a book is a good way to go. Um, other than that, yeah, I was excited and pleased with different awards that I won. Um, so Living Now Award, um, a Body, Mind, and Spirit Award, which is super exciting because that's what I wrote it for, you know. So um, had a website for a little while. Um, it's allowed me to speak at conferences. So outside of making money just through that Amazon platform, I've been able to, you know, do speaking engagements and um, other things related to it or in, and create worksheets as a make it a workbook um, and charge for those. Again, very minimal because I, 
it's important to me for it to be very accessible to everybody. Um, any social workers or <clears throat> teachers or, or therapists or professionals that work with kids in a mental health capacity um, or education, they received a free copy. Um, was that financially, you know, is that going to make me rich? Absolutely not. But it was more than the money to me. And so it was just about access and having access. You know, putting your book in free libraries, you know, the free libraries that are around town. We have those here. Um, donating them to Goodwill or to Value Village, you know, so that they show up in a store. You know, it, there are easy ways to advertise your book. Um, I had mine professionally reviewed, <clears throat> excuse me, by Kirkus and different platforms that did help. Um, it, there is an online presence for it now. If you were to Google Sam's Theory or Sarah Mindevel, you can get all of those things. Um, I did cost per click um, through Google AdWords. I did a lot of different things. I did Facebook ads, um, a lot of ways to let the world know that this even existed and to promote it. Um, the most success I had, I'd say, is my website and then just networking um, for this type of book, right? So I printed a lot of um, print advertisements. So making like these really slick cardboard brochures um, through Vistaprint. So Vistaprint, when they have a sale, always take advantage because they've got great deals. Um, so I had those mass produced for different conferences and then those conferences would put them in their goodie bags. And so everybody got a copy of that. At a few conferences, I was invited, um, in addition to speaking, to have a table where I could either give the books away as part of a raffle or um, sell them, you know, and using Squarespace on my phone or my tablet to take orders or just taking cash. Um, there are different ways of doing it. So, you know, writing a book seems like a simple thing, right? But it's the advertising that's the hard thing um, and what you want to do with it, how you want to promote it. So promoting it is probably the trickiest part. But again, knowing your audience, who you want it to get to, and knowing that you just got to make some sacrifices on the way there. But anyway, that's Sam's theory. Um, feel free to check it out, if only because it's a survivor's story um, and it's it's an inspirational piece in a way that is supposed to inspire survivors um, and make them realize their inherent worth um, and the the gorgeous place that this world actually has the capability of being if we have a different lens to look through um, and it gets even cooler when it's a kaleidoscope as your lens so hope is out there um, and lots of quotes and good stuff in there so any questions or comments, throw them down in the section. Um, and yeah, it was great talking to you guys and thanks for listening. And I hope this is helpful in setting up possible revenue streams or um, getting your ideas out there. All right, take care. See you next episode.